Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from the Southern California foothills town of Glendora, California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead lost people to Jesus, building a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you, opens your heart, and shows you how to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Welcome to Real Life Church. If you're here for the first time this morning, I'm Jim. I'm your pastor. It is great to be with you this morning. Don't you love our band? Don't they do good? I'm so thankful for that. Uh, And I'm especially thankful this morning for another group of people that you need to say thank you to if you see them today. And that is the people who volunteer with our high school ministry. Because last weekend, they had an experience like I've never heard of before in all of youth ministry. Our senior hires went to camp last weekend. And they drove up, and on the way up, the van broke in the snow. And then the bus that was supposed to come rescue them in the snow got stuck in the snow itself. And so it took a long time to get to camp. And then they fixed the bus, and the bus broke up, broke down on the way out of camp. So an entirely new company sent two more buses, and one of those buses got stuck in a ditch. But then they got that bus out of the ditch, and it promptly broke down. So then another company sent a bunch of vans, and one of those vans broke down. It was Van Mageddon 19 last weekend. So say thank you this morning to Laura Peroni, to uh, Dave Ross, to uh, Maha Rudolph, whose birthday is today, and to Kevin Gandy, our student pastor. Make sure you say thank you to all of them because they do great work, and I can't imagine uh, going through that and surviving that. Say thank you to our senior, senior high volunteers, yeah. <clears throat> because gracious, gracious. Um, Okay, so um, uh, let me tell you a little bit about why that kind of thing happens. Last weekend uh, at camp, two of the students who came with our group to camp decided to follow Jesus for the first time. In addition, yeah, in addition to a bunch of other kids who were at that camp. On top of that, the night that all of this was going on, we're, we're on the phone calling bus companies, calling Kevin on the bus, trying to take care of all of this. We did this while we're at Alpha. Our outreach, which so far has welcomed almost two dozen people into Alpha who have not been to our church before. So it's this great outreach that we do on Monday nights with a free dinner and a little video that's an introduction to Christianity. And and we've seen a couple dozen people. We were there at Alpha making these calls and trying to run Alpha at the same time. And there are people in Alpha who've taken significant steps of faith in this season. And on top of that, all that happened on the same day that little five-year-old Gavin said to me, Pastor Jim, I want to be baptized. So... So all that going on on the same day. And, and you got to know when, when you're faithful to Jesus, when you're following after Jesus, there are things in this world that will try to stop you from doing good. And so we as a church have seen God do amazing things in our midst. And we want to stay close to Jesus and realize there are challenges that are going to come with that. Uh, and some of those are going to come in the, in the near future because we as a church are moving to a new location. We moved into this school almost three years ago with a handshake agreement with the school district that we'd stay for about three years. And they said, sure, come on in. And we were going to look for our, our new location. We put, get, put together this property search team that was super talented. We had realtors and finance people, lawyers, this great 
finance team. And then one night I was sitting at my computer and I, w- I was praying and I decided I'd write down a prayer. And I haven't written a prayer in 20 years. I don't, I don't usually write them down, but I sat down and I, I typed it out and I said, Jesus, I, I don't know how to find a building. I've never done that before. I need you to do that. I'll pastor this church till I die if you want me to, but I need you to help us in this next step. The next day, Pastor Anthony and I are out driving around. We drive past a, a church and he says, there's a piece of paper taped on the door. Let's go see what it says. So we park in front of this random church that we've never seen before. And we get out, and the paper on the door says, please join us at our other location. And we can hear the smoke alarm chirping inside because nobody's changed the battery for a while. And we realize it's available. It's empty. And then I look at the, the sign in front of the building, and some memory stirs in me from years ago, years and years ago. And I, I feel like I've never been here before, but I feel like I know the name of this church. I feel like I've seen that before. And then I realized, I think a friend of mine used to be the pastor here, a friend of mine who was a a great mentor to me and this voice of encouragement when I needed him, a guy who's now gone to to heaven, and there's nobody I'm more sure of uh, who's gone to, about them going to heaven than this guy. And I think, I I think this was his church. So I take a picture of the front of the building and I text it to his family because we're still in contact. And I say, "Was was this the church that you all were at? And his daughter texted back and she said, oh, I just got chills when you sent that. Dad built that sanctuary. When he was the pastor there, dad built that sanctuary because the church was growing and we outgrew the chapel on one end and we we built the sanctuary and and that was was when he was there. And and I think it's the one. I can't tell you the address yet. I think I'll tell you next week. Because we, all the paperwork is in process, so I can't, can't tell you yet. But I tell you what, if you want to get an email that has the address in it, go to reallife.la, and down at the bottom of the front page, there's a little box, and you put your email address in there, press sign up, and that'll put you on our, our newsletter list. We're not going to spam you. We're going to sell your email address to a bunch of companies. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. But if you put that in there, I will send you an email that has the address of the location in it. And you're going to need that, because in two weeks, on March 10th, we cannot be in this room. The school is having a musical, and this room is taken. We cannot be in this room two weeks from today on Sunday, March 10th. And so we're going to be at this new location on March 10th. So Now, keep praying, keep praying, because there's still paperwork in progress. But we're going to be down there. We're going to rent it that day. Now, we're going to have to come back here for a few weeks, because if that is the one, if I think it's the one, the board thinks it's the one, the staff thinks it's the one, if that's the one, we still have to come back here uh, for a few weeks while we prepare things over there. And once you smell those carpets, you'll understand. So there's some changes that need to make just before we move in. But, um, but keep that in prayer because I think, the, I think the day is coming, okay? And understand that as we do that, as we're faithful to Jesus, as Jesus leads, I had this great property search team, there's amazing people, and Jesus is like, that's cool, just drive your car around, we'll find it. <laughs> as we follow after Jesus and as we, as we listen to Jesus' call, just know there's gonna be things in this world that try to stop us from doing good in Jesus' name. Don't stop, don't stop, Right? All right, let's take a minute. We're going to uh, talk to God. Um, pray, pray for our church move. Pray for uh, the life of our church. Pray for uh, somebody out there who is wondering if God is real. They've been right on that borderline, and they're wondering if God is real. Pray for that person. Um, pray for the needs of your own heart, your own family. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you that you, that you love us and that you guide us and that you speak to us and that you really want to break through this world so that we, we know you well and hear you clearly. God, we want to to hear your voice. 
So speak to us. Bless those who are in need this morning, those who are hurting, those who are lonely, those who are afraid. Whisper comfort into their lives. Whisper peace into their lives. Work miracles of healings in the bodies of those who are sick. And God, more than anything else, we want to know you. We want to know Jesus. So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Listening to God is the most important thing you can do, honestly, right? I mean, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, if you pray for nothing else, pray to hear from God. Because if you can hear from God, well, like, what else do you need? If, if God's paving the way, what else do you need? 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, whatever else you do, pray to hear from God. That's most important. And, uh, and if you do that, uh, it will start to, to change the way you make decisions in your life. And, I, and I'll show you what I mean. We're going to do a little exercise together. And I'm going to give you some either-or situations. Would you prefer this or would you prefer that? And I was thinking about saying, if you prefer one, raise your right hand. If you prefer the other, raise your left hand. But I'm not sure I can see right from left from up here. So we're going to do it this way. Uh, I'm going to ask you if you want the first one to point at that wall like this so I can see you. And if you want the other one, point at this wall like this. So let's practice that right now. Point at that wall like that so I can see you pointing. Good. Now point at that wall like that so I can see you. Good. Okay. So let me give you some either-or situations. Do you prefer chocolate or salad? Do you prefer chocolate or salad? Good, good, yeah. So, so most of us prefer chocolate, and some of us are dyslexic. So that was, we, were, we were all pointing that way is what we were doing. No, I'm fine. You can, you can love salad. You're just at the wrong church. No, I'm, no that's not true at all. That's not, that's not true. You can do whatever you want. Um, let me, uh, yeah, I got booed on that one. <laughs> um, let me ask you another one. Um, would you rather have the ability to always know what time it is? You know how some people have a built-in clock? Always know what time it is or always know directions. Some people have a built-in GPS. So clock, directions, which are you? Would you rather know time? Almost all directions. That's amazing. What are you guys, Uber drivers? Okay, that, it'd be handy, but most of you. That was the same thing in the last service. That's okay, good. Uh, would you rather, ah, this is a good one. Would you rather be 20 and naive or 50 and wise? Would you rather be 20 and naive? Oh, divided house, divided house. Yeah, we're all over the place. Okay, good. If you're under 20, everybody's like, just anything older, anything older. Good. Uh, would you rather be a pastor or a worship director, the, the preacher or the guitar player? What would you be? Oh, you're kind of mixed. Everybody last year was like, worship director. I was like, you are correct. That is, that is what you're trying to do. Good. Okay, now let me, let me show you what, what it means to listen to God. Let me show you about how listening to God might shape our preferences. Would you rather... Hear God's voice clearly. Now, be honest with me. Would you rather hear God's voice clearly or win the lottery? What would you rather? Hey, most of you are going that. Yeah, you're thinking, oh, the pastor wants me to say this. I'm going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Some people are doing this. That's, yeah, that's the. <clears throat> would you rather pick out your own job or career or have God tell you what you're going to do best? Would you rather uh, uh, pick out your own career or have God tell you what you're going to do best? Oh, yeah, mostly. Mostly. Okay, good. Yeah. Not a lot of, not a lot of autonomy here. We'll do it. Tell us, tell me what to do best. How many, let's do, let's do this. If you're, let me do the singles, because I know we have some singles in our congregation. Would you rather either just choose to, to stay single or choose who you're going to get married to? Or would you rather have God tell you who the right one is? Would you rather choose yourself or have God tell you who the right one is? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a safe bet, right? He probably knows. You know, I don't think God just picks out one person. I don't think there's just one person out there, and if you miss that person, you missed it. I don't think that's how it works. I think if you listen to God, if you're faithful to God, he blesses your relationships. So don't feel like you missed, you know, like it's not the big one that got away. It's not a fishing trip. It's, it's not how that works, okay? Uh, 
would you rather, would you rather ha- uh, uh, d- decide how much you should spend on stuff or have God tell you how much is safe to spend? Kind of mixed? Kind of mixed? You just don't like the question. <laughs> you don't like the question. Uh, yeah, okay, so now the Bible says if you do nothing else, pray to hear from God. And you might not have ever thought about this before, but if, if you could hear from God, think about how that would change your decisions. Think about how that would change the way you go at life. If you know that the God who made the world and the God who absolutely recklessly loves you and who wants what's best for you can actually speak to you, think about how that would make your, change your decisions. Think about how you, that would make you approach life. That would change everything for me. If I absolutely know he's, he's totally, absolutely there, he's absolutely on my side, recklessly loves me, and he can speak to me, that changes everything. The Bible says, pray for that. Uh, the Bible calls it the gift of prophecy, which is just hearing from God and being able to say what God is doing, prophecy. But pray for that if you pray for nothing else. And, and I want to look at the, the early church, the vintage church, the church of 2,000 years ago, because they were connected to Jesus. They were connected to Jesus in ways that sometimes people in churches today aren't. There are people who have been going to church all their lives who've never heard about getting connected to Jesus. But you go back and you look at the vintage church, you look at the church of 2,000 years ago, they were connected to Jesus. They, first of all, they had Jesus right there among them, right? For a few, few years, God in human form was walking among them. They could hear God. They could see God. They could know what God was like. They could feel God's love. He was right there. And then when he died and rose and ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit, that part of God that lives in us. The Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, it, it was this holiday they celebrated. And when the, the Holy Spirit came all the believers were gathered and suddenly they could speak in all the languages of the world to tell the story of Jesus. They heard absolutely clearly from God in those days. They had the Holy Spirit there among them. They even talked about two kinds of baptism. They said you can be baptized with water, which is this this sign of God forgiving us, but then you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You can receive the Holy Spirit in in a new and powerful way. So the early church, the vintage church, they were connected to Jesus. And the Bible tells us a little bit about how to do that. If you want to hear from God, if you want to know God's will for your life, stay connected to Jesus. The Bible says a little bit about that in in the Gospel of John chapter 15. If you've got your Bible on your phone, you can turn it on or you can follow on the screen. John was a first century disciple of Jesus who traveled with him for three years, saw his miracles, heard his teachings, went where he went. And this is one of the teachings of Jesus that John captured, that John wrote down. In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, at verse 1, listen to the word of God. Jesus says, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. As I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And this was the teaching of Jesus. If you want to hear from God, stay connected to him. He's the vine, we're the branches. Apart from him, we bear no good fruit. Stay close to him. He knows what life is about. He created it. He's on your side. He knows what the future holds. Stay close to him. If you want to hear from him, this is how it works. Uh, it reminds me of a time I was in Hawaii with my kids. My kids were born in Hawaii. I used to live there. And we were uh, in this, this, this huge maze. There's one of those mazes that you can walk through like you've seen in the movies. And it's three acres long, this big giant maze. And, and it's made of hibiscus plants. So they're up over our heads. And we go to this maze and I tell my kids, I say, now look, you can go run through this maze all you want to, but if you want to know the way through, if you want to know how to get out on the other side, just stick with me. Uh, they ignored that immediately. They immediately ran off on their own. And time passed, and a little while later, I hear them calling my name, asking for directions, because I am already out the other side. Now, the reason that worked is because I used to be a youth pastor in Hawaii, and I would take teenagers running through that maze all the time. And when you're the youth pastor, it's important to beat the kids. It's important to win. And so we were, we'd run through this maze. So I knew my way through the maze. I'd been through it 100 times, so I knew how to get through that the other side. Secondly, hibiscus plants are not that strong. And so... <laughs> So if you come to a dead end, you can kind of just sort of plow through those things. My little kids didn't know that, but I knew you could plow through those things. And if they had stuck with me, they would have been out the other side already. Well, now listen, Jesus knows the way. Jesus is the way. When it comes to mazes, stick with your dad who's been through them before. When it comes to life, stick with Jesus. Jesus knows the way because Jesus is the way. And that's what he taught his disciples. If you want to hear from God, if you want to know God's will for your, for your life, stay connected to me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Don't go running off. And this was the practice of the early church. Now, he says, if you stay connected to me, there are fruit that will grow in your life. Uh, branches that bear no fruit, they're useless, but you will grow fruit in your life if you stay connected to me. The Bible talks about fruit a number of times as a metaphor for what God does in our lives. And what the fruit are, are, are signs in the, the changes of our hearts that show that God is working on us. The Bible actually names nine fruit of the Spirit at one point. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If you're following Jesus, if you're connected to Jesus, more and more these things should manifest in your life. More and more these things should appear in your life and grow out of your heart. As you stay connected to him, you bear good fruit. And the good fruit are things like this, the fruit of the Spirit. It was Valentine's Day this last week, and I saw this Valentine's card which said, sometimes I want to karate kick you in the face, but most of the time I love you. Right? right? Everybody who's ever dated somebody knows those feelings, right? Yeah. Sometimes I want to karate kick you in the face, but most of the time I love you. The, the fruit of the Spirit is that as you follow after Jesus, less and less do you want to kick somebody else in the face, and more and more do you love them. Right? That's truly what it is. And I had a college student ask me one time, and said, well, if that's true, shouldn't, shouldn't there be all kinds of amazing Christians walking around? Well, there are. There are, but, but when, when that, that desire to do bad things begins to fade in your life, people can't necessarily see it. There's not a big bell that goes off and goes, this person will not karate kick you in the face today. It just starts to fade in your life. And one of the fruit that develops in your life as you stay connected to Jesus is humility. You don't go around bragging about the fact that Jesus has made you a new person, but people start to see it. 
And I've seen Christians who've been following Jesus for years. I don't mean going to church because you can go to church and not follow Jesus. I mean people who've been connected to Jesus for years. And you can just see they're not the person that they used to be. That Jesus has shaped them and formed them more and more into the person that they're supposed to be. If you stay close to Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit grow in your lives, in in your life. He goes on in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask for in the name of the father, in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love each other. As we follow after Jesus, more and more, love ought to grow in our lives. First of all, for the people around us. First of all, for our families, our friends, the people around us, we should love them more and more. And and when you see Jesus get hold of someone's heart, you start to notice that is just a loving person. That person is not the person that they used to be. The Christian church should be known as that place that just loves everybody like crazy. That that's just what we're known for. Then you start to love people that you don't know. You start to love strangers, people outside the walls of the church, outside the doors of your home. You start to care for people who are not in your immediate circles and who cannot benefit you in any way. That's part of the fruit of the Spirit too. And then you start to love your enemies. And this is the hardest of Jesus' teachings. And Jesus stands alone among the great moral teachers of history. Among all the religious leaders of history, nobody taught this the way Jesus did. Then you love your enemies because you believe everything belongs to God anyway. And everything that God wants you to have, God will give you. And so if somebody steals from you, they haven't taken anything from you because God has everything you need. And so you don't turn and hate the person who's stolen from you. You love your enemy. Jesus is alone in the way he teaches this. If you do this, if you become this vessel of God's love, then God will speak to you. If you want God to speak to you, love people in his name and he'll go, oh, there's a person I can use. There's a person who's available to me. They're gonna love the way I love. I'm gonna talk to that person. Uh, it, was like, um, it was like this. I've been thinking about Valentine's Day because it's this month. And I remembered a Valentine's Day from my past many, many years ago. A Valentine's Day from my first grade year in school. I remember that Valentine's Day distinctly because I was in love. I was in love. Her name was Lisa, and I was in love with Lisa. And Valentine's Day was coming, and I knew I was going to get a Valentine from Lisa because teachers, you know that deal where you do the little brown paper bag, the little lunch bag, and you have your kids cut out the little construction paper, pink and red hearts, and you use the totally messy glue sticks, which were even worse back then than they are now, and you put the hearts on at odd angles because you don't have manual dexterity yet, and you put your, your bag out with your name on it, and everybody's going to put a Valentine in your bag, and I knew I was going to get a Valentine's from Lisa. But I did not get a valentine from Lisa that year. In fact, I did not get a valentine from any girl that year. 
What I got that Valentine's Day was chicken pox. <laughs> I know, it still hurts. I had chicken pox that year and I had to stay home from school on Valentine's Day. So when all the kids were putting Valentine's in each other's bags, I was getting nothing. And I sat there in my bed, scratching and thinking about what man was coming into Lisa's life that day, sharing the teeter-totter with her at recess, sharing his PBJ with her at lunch, how they'd go off and make first graders of their own one day, and I'd be sad. But then there was a knock at the door. It was Mrs. Blackman, my first grade teacher. She knew I was home with the chicken pox and she brought me my bag from the classroom that day. And I knew that in that bag, there was gonna be a card from Lisa. And I heard my mom open the door and thank her and she was about to leave. And I was like, no, Mrs. Blackman, don't leave. House Montague needs you to send a message to House Capulet. Tell Lisa I love her. She brought the bag upstairs. I tore it open and inside that bag was a card a Valentine's card from Lisa. And yes, she signed the I with a heart over it. And it was a little folded card with a picture of a train on it that said, I chew, chew, choose you. And I was like, yes. <laughs> it never worked out. We went in other directions. It didn't, you know, it didn't happen. It was first grade. But anyway, <clears throat> I didn't have a car, so we couldn't really go out. But listen, listen. Mrs. Blackman was a bearer of messages of love that day. Mrs. Blackman was an important person. I wanted to talk to Mrs. Blackman because I knew she could carry messages of love where I wanted them to go. If you're gonna love people in Jesus' name, Jesus is gonna talk to you because he's gonna go, oh, that person's available to me. I'm gonna talk to that person because go, that person's gonna go tell other people how much I love them. First of all, he wants you to know if you sit at home wondering whether or not God really loves you, he's coming to your door first because he wants you to know how much you're loved. Absolutely, wholeheartedly, totally, recklessly, he loves you. Nothing's going to change that. Nothing's going to take that away. If you don't know that for sure, he's coming to your house first. And then if you know that enough to tell that to somebody else, he's coming to your door to say, I, I need you to go tell somebody that, that they're loved. Go knock on their door and take this message to them. If you wanna hear from God, love other people in his name and he will use you and speak through you. There is nothing better in this life than knowing that God is speaking to you and through you and using you for his will. Because what else matters after that? What else matters after that? I had this conversation just a week ago. Uh, I, you know, I teach at a couple of schools. I teach at uh, Fuller Seminary out here in Pasadena. <clears throat> and I'm in this network of professors online. So if college students need help, like proofreading an essay or something, uh, they, they get in contact with me, send me an email and say, can you help me with this essay? And, uh, and I do, especially with philosophy students, because I study philosophy in college. So I get these students who email me and say, can you read this paper? I don't know what. So I get this, uh, I get this email from this woman who's at Cornell in New York. She says, I'm taking philosophy. I have no idea what this is about. I don't understand it, which is pretty typical for philosophy. So she calls me up and we're on the phone and we walk through the history of philosophy an hour. We talk about Socrates and Plato and Hegel and Kant and Foucault. And we walk through the, the history of philosophy and it's all pretty academic. Until about an hour into the conversation, she pauses and she says, so where do you find meaning in life? And I thought, oh, this is a real thing. This is, we're not doing schoolwork now. You really want to know. And I said, well, I'm a, a Christian, so I find meaning in the life and teachings of Jesus. And she said, I just feel so much anxiety in my life these days. I don't know how to, I don't know how to get away from it. And I said, well, if you believe that God made you with a purpose, you know that you're here for a reason. And if you know that God is, is with you today and cares for you today, you're not alone. 
And if you know that in the end, God is going to make all things right, you have something to hope for. And she said, a lot of people have been talking to me about God lately. I kind of feel like God put me in this conversation with you today. And I was like, oh, so do I. <laughs> I said, here's all you have to do. Just say, Jesus, I don't know all of what this means, but if you'll come into my life, I want to follow you. And that's the step that you need to take. And she goes, okay. And then she emails me a day later and she goes, how do you know when God is talking to you? How do you know God's calling in your life? And so I emailed back and she texted me and she goes, I don't know if I want to talk to you about philosophy. I want to talk to you about spirituality because I feel like that's what I need in my life right now. Now, I didn't set that up, you guys. Like, I, did, I, I didn't plan that one. I didn't arrange that. We were just talking philosophy for an hour. But listen, if you're, if you're ready to tell people how much God loves them, God wants to use you. God's going to speak through you. So be ready for that moment. Like, all you have to say is, the place I find meaning in my life is in the life and teachings of Jesus. That's a great conversation starter. Practice saying that out loud. And if you make yourself available to Jesus, say, Jesus, I just want to be loved by you and I just want to love other people in your name. Jesus will be so happy to use you for his purposes. That's what life is for. That's what life is all about. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you stick with me, you'll bear all kinds of good fruit, especially love. And people will see that more and more in your life. And I'm going to talk to you so you can go talk to other people because I want other people to know how much they're loved. They're my kids. They're my children. I want them to know how much they're loved. Go tell them. Listen, it's entirely possible to go to church and never connect with Jesus that way. I've seen people do it their, their whole lives long. I knew this guy who was, he was in his 80s, and he was just the nastiest, most angry person on earth, just grumpy and rude. And he'd been going to church since he was a kid. Since he was a little kid, he'd been going to church his whole life. And I knew that about him. And I thought, how is this guy like this? He's since gone to heaven, so Jesus has to deal with him now. But, but he had, since he was a little kid, he was all through his life. And I remember talking to him and in my head thinking, how, how have you not gotten this? And he said, you know, I never heard anybody talk about having a relationship with Jesus until I was already retired. I was already in my retirement years. And then I said, oh, well, that makes sense. He had learned the traditions of the church all his life. He had learned to be religious all his life. And it wasn't until later on that he actually started hearing about connecting to Jesus. And so he might have been well along in years, but spiritually he was still an infant. He was still at the beginning stages. And it's entirely possible to do that. It's entirely possible to go to church and learn all the religious traditions and all the religious rituals and not connect to Jesus. But listen, don't be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. I've, I've seen you all who've gone to church your whole life and you know all the, the religious traditions and rituals. You know that when the, the guy up front says something, you say something back. He says, this is the word of the Lord. And you say, thanks be to God. Yeah, you've learned it all. And then there's this weird Sunday that you guys know about where a bunch of you show up with red sweaters on. And I don't even know it's red sweater Sunday. You guys all wear red sweaters because it's red sweater Sunday. And I'm like, these guys are in some kind of a cult or, cult or something. I don't know what's going on here. And, and you, can, you can learn all the traditions of the church. You can learn when to stand and when to sit and how it works and still not connect with Jesus. Don't be that guy. That's not what faith is about. It's about having a living, loving relationship with the God who is really there and listening to him every day and asking him to speak to you and loving people in his name. A lot of us, a lot of us have his phone number and he's got ours. But you ever, you ever have that moment where your phone rings and you see somebody's name on it and you're like, I don't really want to talk to that person today. 
I don't do this, but I've heard some of you do this. Some of you told me you just, where it rings. I don't want to talk to that person today. So you let it ring, it goes to voicemail. Some of us, some of us have Jesus' number on our, our phone, and he's got ours, but when it rings, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You're like, I'm going to let it go to voicemail. Jesus wanted to talk to me. He should have texted me first. <laughs> That's how this works. This is not a phone. This is a toy with a calling app on it. If you want to use it correctly, first you have to use the texting app to see if I'm willing to use the calling app. Then I have to use the calendar app to see if I have time. Then we can use the calling app. That's how this works. Jesus says, I sent you a text. It was more than 280 characters. It's called the Bible. And it said I'd be calling. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And some of us don't want to pick up because we know what he's going to say. He's already said it. He's already said, I told you to stop hating your ex, but you just still want revenge. You don't want to hear that again. He says, I've told you to stop being selfish and to listen to me instead, but you still want to win the lottery. He's told you, I, I, want, to, I want to talk to you. Listen. And we think, Jesus, Jesus, I'm not sure if I want to hear from him today. Listen, he's never calling to tell you that he's going to judge you. He's never calling to tell you that he doesn't want to talk to you anymore. He is always calling to tell you that first and foremost, he absolutely loves you. Absolutely. That never stops, that never changes. There's some of us to whom Jesus has been calling and we've been holding it at arm's length. Today's the day. Now's the time. He wants to talk to you. Just, just pick up the phone. He is the vine. We are the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Through him, we bear all kinds of good fruit, especially love. And there's some people here today to whom Jesus wants to speak right now. Let's take a minute and pray together. And as we do, if you've never had that moment where you said, Jesus, I want to start a conversation with you. I've been going to church. I've never talked to you. I want to start a conversation with you. Now's the time. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you love us so much that you call us and that you keep calling and that you never stop calling. Open our hearts to you. May we, may we be willing to, to take your call and to receive you. Jesus, if there's anybody here who's never taken that first step and said, said I want to follow you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you. Then, then we do that now. Jesus, come into our hearts and be our Lord and our Savior. Forgive our sins. Wash away our brokenness. Fill us with love and make us new. If you do that for the first time today, th today's the day you become a Jesus follower. And then, for those of us who have been sort of following after Jesus but have never heard him clearly, we pray now, Jesus, speak. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. We want to know you. We want to hear you. And then for those of us who, who do know that he speaks, who do trust him, God, fill us with your love for people outside of our walls, people who have broken lives and who need you. They're your children. Send us to them to be your voice in love. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.